reading this morning from Philippians 1, 27 through 30. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Well, happy Father's Day. What a beautiful picture of a father coming alongside his son. A beautiful picture of running the race, striving together. And I love one of the scenes in this video where the father was running out onto the track and a security guard tried to stop him. But there's no way in heck that he wasn't going to get to his son. And it's a beautiful reminder for us of our Heavenly Father that He comes by our side. There's no enemy, there's no attack, there's no barrier that will keep Him away from His children. It's a wonderful video of finishing the race, of Derek Redman running in such a way that he would finish. And the Scriptures remind us that We should keep running the race. Do you not know that in a race, all runners run? But only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Derek Redman was a citizen of Great Britain. And he ran for them and he was going to finish for his country. My prayer for us is that we run but that we run as gospel citizens, running for the kingdom of God, finishing the race, knowing that our Heavenly Father is by our side. Let's pray for that this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you run this race with us and you empower us through your Holy Spirit. Father, we want to finish and we want to finish well. And we want to run as gospel citizens, people who know that we are part of your kingdom. And so help us to do that, Father, as we desire to live for you. Help us to keep running this race, we pray. In your beautiful and precious name, amen. Well, what I want to look at this morning is how do we live as citizens of God's kingdom? What does that look like for us? And Paul is going to give us some insight into how he lives and what he's calling the Philippians to live like in their lives as they're facing persecution and trial. What he says right in the beginning in verse 27, he says, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. One of the things I want you to do if you have your Bibles is to write 
uh, a word in there. So it says to conduct yourselves or live in a manner worthy. The language there is actually this. Instead of conduct yourself, it, it says be citizens. Be citizens. Living worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That you are a people who belong to God. And you need to recognize that you are His people. And so conduct yourselves in a manner as citizens of the kingdom of God. Of which you are. I appreciate what Gordon Fee says about this. He says, Paul is saying, live in the Roman colony of Philippi as worthy citizens of your heavenly homeland. As Philippi was a colony of Rome and Macedonia, so the church was a colony of heaven in Philippi, whose members were to live as heavenly citizens in Philippi. And so what Paul is trying to remind us of is recognize your citizenship. We are aliens passing through. This is not our ultimate home. We should live as citizens of the kingdom of God right here in Boise, Idaho. That we represent to those around us and we are running for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we can't lose sight of our citizenship. And so, as children of God, as citizens of the kingdom of God, let us live worthy of that. And let us keep running the race. We are part of Christ's kingdom. In Philippians 3.20, that we'll study later, Paul says, Our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there. The Lord Jesus Christ who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious body. Our citizenship is in heaven. That's where we belong. But while we're in Boise, Idaho, on this planet, let us live that out right here. And may people know through our lives, and as we live worthy of the kingdom, that we are followers of Jesus Christ. And may He be glorified in our lives as we live. Kent Hughes comments on what's going on with the Philippians. They were facing attack. They were under pressure from their community. They were trying to figure out, how do we live as Christians in a Roman colony? They weren't big fans of Jesus. And he says this, The Philippians' commitment to Jesus Christ as Lord was a threat to the civic-minded, patriotic Romans who ran Philippi. The Philippians' allegiance to another Lord, other than Caesar, bordered on treason as it challenged the political establishment. At times, Christians would be tars with the opium. They'd be called atheists because their loyalty to Christ challenged the divinity of Caesar. And so the Roman citizens of Philippi, who customarily honored the emperor at every public gathering, they pressured the church to conform. Christians were a political embarrassment with their Jesus, their Lord. 
And more Christians had the temerity to declare with Paul that their citizenship was from heaven. They were thought to be un-Roman and thus enemies of the public order. They would have parades on the streets and they would say, let us give praise to Caesar. And so here's the Christians going, how do we live in this? How are we going to continue to have life in Christ and live in this community that God has us here as followers of Jesus Christ, as citizens of the kingdom of God? Well, one, they remember that they're citizens of the kingdom of God. Two, they stand firm in one spirit. The truth is they're going to have pressure against them. As a follower of Jesus, that's always true, no matter where we live. People hate Jesus. And that plays out in a variety of ways. They're going to have trial. They're going to have heavy heavy attack. He says, I want you to stand firm in one spirit. And that really is the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who's going to enable you and empower you to live your life in Christ under great pressure, under great trial. And so stand firm together in one spirit, in godliness, in righteousness, in the power of the Spirit. Let me show you a picture of the Spartan army they used to fight. They, they are a great image of standing firm when attack would come. This is of the Spartan army when they would get arrows coming their way. The enemy would shoot arrows first and then charge. And so what would happen is the Spartan army would raise their shields and they would raise them together and they would catch those arrows so that they wouldn't do damage to them. But then as the army came to charge, the Spartan army would set up like this. Shields overlapped like the scales of a dragon. And so you'd have these incredibly... Uh, powerful, thick metal shields with oak behind them that would be two to four inches thick. And so they would overlap like this. And they would stand, overlapped. They would stand 18 men deep. And depending on the area that they were trying to, to cover, it would go the distance, 64 men or so wide. 18 men deep, all with their shields like this. The second row would have the spears ready and out. So what would happen is, even if an army came that was much larger, the enemy was much stronger, when they would come to attack, they would come and they'd run into the shields, and all 18 men deep would stand firm their ground, and they couldn't break the shields. And so they would get pushed just a little bit, and the commander would say, hold, hold, hold. And they would slide a little bit on the dirt, and they would hold ground. The enemy is attacking us full force. We hold ground, stand firm as one together, and let us hold ground for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let us hold ground as citizens of the kingdom of God. We know we're going to face attack, but we need to face it together, and we need to face it empowered by the Holy Spirit. And then once they would hold ground, then they would say, push! And then they would push forward, and they'd push the enemy back, and then the spears would come through, and they would respond to the enemy. And the word of God is sharper than a double-edged sword, piercing bone and marrow. The Spartans held firm. And this is the image that he's giving us. He's giving us military image and sporting image of standing firm and striving for the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a great reminder that we need each other. We need each other in this Christian life of ours. 
We can't do it by ourselves. I don't know why so often we try. We try to live out our Christian faith on our own. We try to go out and worship out in the mountains saying, that's my place of worship. And the Lord say, no, that's not how I want you to have Christian community. I want you to live in community. I want you to live together. And, and the way that you're going to face attack is you're going to face it with one another. So put the shields up together and hold ground. Because life throws a lot of curveballs at us. There's times when we're really weak. And we just can't do this on our own. We need each other to encourage us, to remind us that we're citizens of the kingdom of God. We need each other to lift up our arms when we're weak. So stop avoiding Christian community. We need one another. That's what all of Philippians is about. It's about the unity of the body of Christ. And about the joy that actually comes in the middle of that. The joy that comes when we actually suffer together and face attack together. When we're unified. And he's calling us to that. Like Brian reminded us this morning in that last song. Hey, it's been a hard week, a lot of pressure. And it's a reminder together in community. Hey, let's come along each other's side. Let's pray for Brian and his family. Let's lift him up. We know the enemy wants to beat him down. But let's move ahead together, standing firm in the faith that you're a child of God. God's going to come and He's going to rush onto that track. He's going to get rid of those security guards and He's going to run with you guys. That's what's true. But we need to do it together. How do I live in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ in this world in Boise, Idaho? Ephesians 4 says this, Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, I implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling of which you've been called. And the way I want you to live is this way, verse 2 of Ephesians 4. I want you to live with all humility and with gentleness and with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There's one body and there's one Spirit, just as also we were called into one hope of your calling. One Lord, there's one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. The way we live as kingdom citizens, as gospel citizens, is we live differently together than the world lives. We don't come and respond that the way the world responds to attack. He says, listen, live in a way that's full of humility and patience and kindness. And let's live that way in our midst that we're loving each other well because we have one God who's our Lord, who's our life, who's everything to us. This is who we serve as children of God. So let us in our midst love each other well. What happens is... When we come together and we're loving each other well, it impacts the enemy. They see our unity. They see the way we face attack. They see how we we turn away anger by kindness. And we're advancing the kingdom of God. We're standing firm together by loving each other. And then we're pushing ahead for the faith of the gospel.
Again, we need each other in this Christian life of ours. And we're meant to live it together. And we're meant to live it in unity so that we can have life and represent the kingdom that we're part of, which is of our Lord and Savior Jesus. We recognize our citizenship. We stand firm in one spirit. And then the scripture says we strive side by side for the faith of the gospel. Again, it's a military term. We're contending together. It's just like that beautiful video we saw. We're going we're gonna to run on that track and we're going to carry our son to the finish. We strive side by side. What for? Just, just to be together? No, there's a purpose. We strive side by side. We contend together for what? For the faith of the gospel. What's he saying? He's saying, not only do we stand firm and face the attack, but then we push, push forward. Why? So that people can know the good news and the love of Jesus Christ. That they can know there's another kingdom to live for. That they can have life and salvation in Jesus Christ. We are going to push forward and we're going to strive together. And all at one time, that piercing Word of God and our lives represented by the way we love each other contends for the gospel of Jesus Christ. That we are bringing with our lives and through word, through speaking forth, that the gospel gets out there. The good news gets out there. What's the gospel? What is the good news? That Paul is living his whole life for and wanting the Philippians and us to live for. Striving side by side for this. Don't you know, dear friends, that there is a God who absolutely loves you? Don't you know? So much so that He had to send His Son, Jesus Christ, to pay the price for our sin. Because we are so messy and covered with sin that we can't have relationship with the living God. So much loves us right in the middle of our mess and our ugliness and our separation that my son Jesus needs to be the payment for that sin because you can never do it on your own. This is the good news. I sent my son for you. And my son died on the cross. He bled and he paid the price for you and for me. This is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But it only gets better. You see, my son rose from the dead. My son conquered sin and death so that we might have life. And he did that all so that you would believe in him. So that you could have relationship with me, loving father. He did that for you. You are absolute mess in need of a Savior. And so God fixed it. And as He rose from the dead and He conquered sin and death and He paid the price for you and me, the good news gets better. If we believe, if we put our faith in Him, we shall be saved. We shall have eternal life. We now shall be children of God. We shall be washed clean of our sin. We have hope and we have joy and we have the resurrection power of Christ and we belong as citizens of the kingdom of God.
Do you believe that? Do you believe that? If you do, then we contend together for the faith of the gospel. Because people are dying everywhere around us. Paul's whole life was, I want the gospel to be known. I want people to know the love of God through His Son, Jesus Christ. People have to know. I don't even care if they're preaching it with false motives. As long as Jesus is being preached. So that people can come to know Him as their Savior. So they're not stuck in their sin. If we really believe that, then we contend for the gospel as citizens of the kingdom of God. On September 12th of 2011, a young man, Brandon Wright, he's 21 years old, Utah State University student. He was driving his motorcycle. He crashed into a BMW. And he ended up stuck under the BMW as it was on fire. I want to show you this video of what happened to Brandon. Brandon ended up living, and he ended up being okay. I showed that video without volume because I wanted you to see the actions that were taken. Here was a kid who was basically... What happened later is that car exploded. Those people came around, and as you saw in the video, one tried to come and and lift the car. Couldn't do it. Then a few others came, and they're trying to figure out, how do we save Brandon underneath this car? How do we do it? A couple more came and tried to lift up. Couldn't do it. Then all of a sudden, a bunch of people came, and together, in unity, striving together, they lifted up the car, they pulled Brandon out, and they saved his life. We are contending together for the gospel of Jesus Christ because there's hundreds and thousands of people who are stranded and stuck underneath a burning car and will die without the good news and the relationship with Jesus Christ, our Savior. And so he calls us, stand firm and then strive forward together for the gospel of Jesus Christ. How do we do that together? You know, I love what we're doing with with all of our field staff that are all over the world. We contend together and we strive together by sending them out financially, by sending them out with with our prayers. Remember last week we talked, Paul's going, hey, I know... I know that the Lord is sustaining me and things are happening because of the prayer of the saints and the power of the Holy Spirit. And He is filling me up to full measure through the prayer of the saints. See, God and the work of His Holy Spirit and as the saints are praying alongside, we're contending for the gospel together that people may come to know Jesus. As Joan and Aaron head off to Spain, a, a place that's really dark, again, antagonistic against the gospel, don't have a good relationship because church life was just awful and miserable. There's nothing but death. And they're going to come forward and we together as a body of Christ, we are going to contend with them. Not only are we going to send them financially, we're going to come alongside in prayer. We're going to lift them up. Probably several of us will go out and be with them in their ministry. But we will contend together for the gospel of Jesus Christ because you got to understand there's millions of people in Spain who are stuck under that car. And the way that they are given new life is as the 
Christians who love Jesus come and lift up that car and say, there's a Jesus, there's a Savior who loves you. And it's Him who will save you. And so let us bring forth the gospel of Jesus. My son Joshua just got back from Malibu, a Young Life camp in Canada. And he went down, and there's hundreds and hundreds of kids every week who go to these Young Life camps all over, all over the world, really. But Joshua just got back, and, and again, many of us contended with all those who were going. We would send students so they could get there. Many, many, many most who went have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so many families were praying over those students who were there. And as they have their time of saying, do you want to receive this Jesus? Do you want to be delivered from underneath this car? Hundreds of high school students accepted Jesus Christ this week. And right now we just have another group from Boise. who just They just arrived the day that Josh left. And so let's be praying for those Boise students. Again, most who don't know Jesus Christ that they would hear the gospel and they would be saved. And let us contend together with them. This is what it means to be a citizen of the kingdom of God, living in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so let us do so together. And what happens is, the beautiful thing is, when we do it together, and when people start to see our love for each other, they're changed and they start to recognize when, when this group came together and they lifted the car, everybody saw it. So what was it about that group? A new command I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You see, when we contend for the gospel together and in community we are loving each other and living in unity, the world knows you are citizens of the kingdom of God. There's something radically different about you. Why in the world would you live this way? When you're facing attack all the time. When you're facing pressure. How do you live? You're suffering like this and yet you live with joy. How is that? And they will know you are my disciples. They will know you are gospel citizens. And so let us live together that way. Then he calls us to live in a place where we're not with, with fear. Verse 28, don't be frightened in, the, in any way by those who oppose you. That's just going to be a normal deal. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but to you, that you will be saved in this... By God. Again, pressure is going to come. You know, you've all faced it as followers of Jesus. You face it at work. You face it in your families. Again, people, people don't love Christ the way you do. And so when you're living out as gospel citizens, it really rubs people the wrong way. But for some people, it's an aroma of life, Right? To some an aroma of death, but to some an aroma of life. And he calls us to live that out. Don't be afraid. The attack's going to come. You're part of the, the kingdom of God. You're a citizen of His. And so Corinthians 16, 13 says, So be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Hold like those Spartans. Be strong. 
And let all that you do be done in love. This speaks forth the gospel kingdom of how much God loves them. And so he's saying, don't be surprised by the pressure, by the attack. Live in a way. Don't be afraid. He uses an imagery there. He says, don't be, uh, don't be stirred up like horses who are all of a sudden stirred up and they panic and they end up stampeding. They're frantic. He's saying, don't live like that. Frantic, stampeding, don't know where to go. And you're afraid. You don't need to live like that. You're empowered by the Holy Spirit. And when you stand together as gospel citizens, you can hold firm and you can move ahead for the joy and the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I know you'll be afraid at times. But like God said to Joshua over and over, be strong and courageous. For the Lord God is with you. He's like the father running onto the track. Be strong and courageous. We'll finish this race. But I want you to do that in your community. I want you to do that in your church life. Let's do this together. Stand firm. You don't have to have fear. I'm going to use other saints in your life to encourage you when you are afraid. Understand that this is speaking spiritual things. It's a sign or a token. It's a symbol that God's doing spiritual work. For the ones watching this, they're, they're sensing their destruction or basically that they don't have this life. What is going on with these people who are followers of Jesus Christ? It's reminding me in my soul that I don't have this. But it's also a reminder to the Christians, you know what, we are living as gospel citizens and we're seeing what God is doing right in the middle of our struggle and our strife and we're seeing how He's empowering us through His Holy Spirit, how He's loving us through it. It's a sign for us that we're getting the attack. D.A. Carson says this as far as the sign. Your change in character, your united stand in the defense of of the gospel, your ability to withstand with meekness and without fear the opposition that you must endure, that constitutes a sign. That sign speaks volumes, both to the outside world and to the Christian community. It is a sign of judgment against the world that is mounting the opposition. It is a sign of assurance that these believers really are the people of God and they shall be saved on the last day. So live in the strength of the Lord. Live in His truth and in His life. It is a sign. And the last thing he points out, as we live as citizens of the kingdom of God, he says, I want you to live in such a way that you receive my gifts. Look at verse 29. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but this verse we don't like so much, but also to suffer for him. And you are going through the same struggle. It has been gifted to you not only to believe on Him, but to suffer for Him. We again struggle with that wording. Lord, we we love the part about believing upon You, but the suffering part, I'm not sure what that all means for me. And that's the struggle for us. Thomas A. Kempis writes this, Jesus has many who love His kingdom in heaven, but few who bear His cross. 
He has many who desire comfort, but few who desire suffering. He finds many to share his feast, but few his fasting. All desire to rejoice with him, but few are willing to suffer for his sake. Many follow Jesus to the breaking of bread, but few to the drinking of the cup of his passion. Many admire his miracles, but few will follow him in the humiliation of the cross. To be a citizen of the kingdom of God means that not only are we given faith and belief, but we are given suffering. And you need to put this in your Bibles. Where it says gifted, where it says gifted, the word there is you have been graced. You have been graced with belief and you have been graced with suffering. Whoa. Do you understand what the Lord's saying there? What Paul is saying about the Lord? This is a gift of grace from the Lord that you as a citizen of the kingdom of God suffer with Him and that we suffer together. You know the power and you know the life of Christ as we suffer with Him. You know God more and you know His Son Jesus because you're going through suffering. And it's part of being a citizen of the kingdom of God. You have been graced with it. You are counted worthy to go through suffering with Jesus. Don't consider it like, oh my gosh, how come I'm going through this? Consider, thank you, Jesus, that you've counted me worthy to suffer with you as a citizen of the kingdom of God. And may the world know of who you are, of how I go through this suffering with you. And may they see your life in me as I endure through this. John Oros worked in Romania during the time of communism and Communism was in Romania until 1989. And he would go and he would preach the word and many would come to Christ. But he would tell these, these young Christians who said, we want to become a Christian. He said, well, that's, that's a beautiful thing. But let me be honest with you. To become a Christian is something that you may want to reconsider because Many terrible things will happen to you. You can lose everything. You will lose your family. And people will come against you. You need to understand that. There is a cost. I just want you to be aware of that. They said, no, we want to become a Christian. And so then he took them through three months of what it means to be a Christian and how to live out the Christian life. And at the end of three months, they said, we still want to be a Christian. And we want to be baptized and give our testimony. This is in Romania. And again, most of us are like, woohoo, let's do it. Let's get you in the water quickly. But he would say to them, listen, I love that you want to give your testimony. But tomorrow, after you give your testimony, what's going to happen is informers are going to take your name down. And they're going to come and attack your family. And your job, you probably will lose. Christianity is not easy and it's not cheap. You might be demoted. You might be kicked out of your neighborhood. You may lose your kids. All of your status may be lost. You might even lose your life. Do you still want to be baptized? 
And he said, many would respond with this. If I lose everything but my personal relationship with my Lord Jesus Christ, it is still worth it all. We want to be baptized. You have been graced with belief, and you have been graced with suffering with Christ. And they really understood what it meant to live as Christ, to die as gain. And we too have also been graced with faith. And we too have been graced with suffering. And we go through that together as the body of Christ. And the world watches on how we face suffering together. We will finish this race. He who began the good work will complete it. And the Heavenly Father is going to run onto that course and He's going to go with us. And the world will know as we live together in our suffering and in our lives that we are gospel citizens. And our prayer together is that our Lord Jesus will be glorified in all of these things. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you again for your good word and I thank you for your life in us. I thank you for the children of God in this room that, that, uh, that we are citizens of your kingdom. Continue to remind us of that through your Holy Spirit. And Father, for those who don't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, I pray right now that they will receive you and that they will understand that you love them so much right in the middle of their mess and that you give them life and salvation as they believe upon you. Change their lives forever, Father. May they know of your amazing love for them. And may we together as a community live contending side by side for the gospel of Jesus Christ. In your beautiful name, amen.